A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise the words of the prophets, But test everything. Hold fast to what is good. 
Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. friends, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Well, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing, if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Just one thing to draw your attention to, and a number of you, of course, have already taken advantage of the opportunity. 
that your box of Sunday envelopes for the year 2021 is now available for pickup in the parish centre. They are arranged in alphabetical order, but there are also persons to assist you as well in obtaining them. You will also notice two other items that are there. One of them is that there is an opportunity for sign-up if perhaps you do not already at this point have a box of Sunday envelopes but would like to start using them, and you can make arrangement for them uh, by signing in on that this very week. And then by this time next week, your new box of envelopes will be waiting alongside all of the others. And the other thing is that once again this year, we are pleased to make available liturgical art calendars uh, in the Catholic tradition that are very helpful for many people in keeping up with the saints' days and other Catholic practices. These wall calendars, as has been the case for many, many years, are made available to us courtesy of the kindness of the Smith's Funeral Home that is underwriting the cost of them. And so you're more than welcome to have one of those as well, and they are on a separate table right beside the boxes of envelopes. So, we are invited in this midpoint of Advent, both in symbol, in color, in spirit, to enter into joy. Joy is certainly a word that we have all heard many, many times. Joy is a word that is typically associated, obviously, with Christmas, and many of the Christmas carols celebrate joy, such as joy to the world. But you know, I wonder if it might be a worthwhile thing to take an opportunity to be sure that we reflect carefully on what joy really is, on what it is as something we are invited to in the Lord, who is on the way and dwells in our midst. First of all, important to remember a couple of things that joy is not. Though it's easy to make the confusion because there are lots of points of similarity. So joy should never be confused with pleasure or sensations that happen to be pleasant. That could be, for example, from eating a meal that we just think is the most sumptuous thing, or an entertainment which we truly enjoy. All those things are pleasures. They are appeals to the senses. They are appeals to various aspects of the person. And many of these are true and genuine and good delights. Others of them are quite dangerous. Others of them, of course, are good only in moderation and not in excess. But they should never be confused with joy. Another thing that would be perhaps even easier to confuse with joy is moods or feelings. To say, I feel good. I feel blessed, I feel pleasant, I feel so happy and fulfilled. And to say that that, therefore, must be joy. It could be touching on it, coming closer and closer to it. But you have to remember, of course, about pleasures and sensations and moods and feelings, that there's something that can often be very surface about them. And they come and they go. 
Joy is something rather different, profounder, deeper, and not the sort of thing that is intended to just come and go. Many, many years ago, great Pope St. Paul VI, during a jubilee year, happened to write an apostolic exhortation, as it was called, or letter on Christian joy, which always impressed me. It came out uh, when I was still in the seminary preparing to be a priest. One of the things he wrote fairly close to the beginning of it sounds, honestly, 45 years later, as though it could have been written in our time. And it was a kind of a warning that he was uttering. He said, technological society has succeeded in multiplying the opportunities for pleasure, but it has great difficulty in generating joy. For joy comes from another source. It is spiritual. Money, comfort, hygiene, and material security are often not lacking, and yet boredom, depression, and sadness unhappily remain the lot of many. These feelings sometimes go as far as anguish and despair, which apparent carefreeness, the frenzies of present good fortune, and artificial paradises cannot assuage. Do people perhaps feel helpless to dominate industrial progress, to plan society in a human way? Does the future perhaps seem too uncertain, human life too threatened? Or is it not perhaps a matter of loneliness, of an unsatisfied thirst for love and for someone's presence, of an ill-defined emptiness? On the contrary, in many regions, and sometimes in our midst, the sum of physical and moral sufferings weighs heavily. So many starving people, so many victims of fruitless combats, so many people torn from their homes, these miseries are perhaps not deeper than those of the past, but they have taken on a worldwide dimension. They are better known, reported by the mass media, at least as much as the events of good fortune, and they overwhelm people's minds. Often there seems to be no adequate solution, human solution, to them. Paul VI is kind of drawing out that pleasures and sensations and moods and feelings cannot be the entire sum of what it means to speak of joy. Joy, he goes on to say, is something different. As he said already, it comes from another source, a spiritual source. It always springs, he goes on, from a certain outlook on the human person and on God. Jesus once said, when your eye is sound, your whole body too is filled with light. So it's a matter of how one sees. It's a whole way of looking at life. We're touching here on the original and inalienable dimension of the human person. His vocation to happiness always passes through the channels of knowledge and love of contemplation and action. 
Those are things, of course, that are much deeper than just what one feels or happens to enjoy. He quotes a very famous line from Paul's letter to the Corinthians because he's already referred to the fact that our vocation to happiness and therefore to real joy is always going to pass through love. He says, as St. Paul wrote, love does not rejoice in what is wrong, but rejoices with the truth. There is no limit to love's forbearance, to its trust, its hope, its power to endure. So the Pope goes on to say, the attainment of such an outlook is not just a matter of psychology, it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And what are those fruits of the Holy Spirit? They are what are produced by virtue of the gifts that the Holy Spirit pours into our own hearts, and they must be recognized as gifts. This Spirit, he goes on, who dwells fully in the person of Jesus, made him during his earthly life so alert to the joys of daily life, so tactful and persuasive for putting sinners back on the road to a new youth of heart and mind. It is this same spirit who animated the Blessed Virgin and each of the saints. It is this same spirit who still today gives to so many Christians the joy of living day by day their particular vocation in the peace and hope which surpass setbacks and sufferings. In other words, not denying that we might still have those setbacks and sufferings, but joy is able to transcend them. It is the spirit of Pentecost who today leads very many followers of Christ along the paths of prayer, in the cheerfulness of filial praise, towards the humble and joyous service of the disinherited and of those on the margins of society. For joy cannot be dissociated from sharing. In God himself, all is joy because all is giving. Maybe that's a very important key to it. Pleasure and the attainment of enjoyment and good sensations and good feelings are things we try to get, to acquire, to hold on to. Joy rather comes from what is given away rather than from what is sought after. You want the true joy that Advent and the coming of Christ are all about, be a person of gracious generosity. What are the motivations for which one might be joyful? I think each of our scripture passages today gives us a little something to think about. Isaiah, what is the motivation for joy? Liberation, freedom. Isaiah is writing to exiles, to persons who have been driven from their homes and have lost their ancestral land and are being invited by the Lord after many years of exile to be brought home. A motivation for true profound joy is to be brought home, to be set free 
from what binds us and keeps us very alienated, isolated, and distant. You'll notice that he says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Lord has anointed me and sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. You may recognize those words not so much from the Old Testament as from the fact that when Jesus began his public ministry, he went into the synagogue in his hometown. This was very soon after he had been baptized and started to do the works of grace. He went into his hometown, sat on the Sabbath in the synagogue. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he read those very words. Having read them, he rolled up the scroll, and with all eyes staring at him, he then said, these words are being fulfilled in your hearing right now. So a great motive for joy is the liberation that God comes to bring, especially to set us free from sinfulness, selfishness, and the loneliness and pain that binds us and makes our world dark. Mary is the author of our responsorial psalm today, which is more a canticle than anything else. It's that canticle that we always call Magnificat. And for her, in her proclamation on the occasion of her visiting her cousin Elizabeth, where Elizabeth said, the child in my womb has leaped for joy. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Mary proclaims, my soul magnifies the Lord. And what is the motivation for joy here? Not only the Lord's favor to her, but justice. Justice and mercy. His mercy is for those who fear him in every generation. He's going to fill the hungry with good things and send the rich away empty and cast down the mighty from their thrones and raise up the lowly, and he will not forget his mercy. When we have experienced the mercy of God and the justice that he comes to bring to gather the ones on the outside into the inside, as we were so often thinking during those last weeks of the previous church year, when that kind of thing is happening, you are really experiencing the profoundest depths of joy. St. Paul, in our second reading, rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances. What is the motivation for joy there? The gift of God. The recognition that all is gift. Do not quench the Spirit. Let the Spirit's gifts be poured forth freely. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. That's his gift. When we recognize that we are receiving gifts from the Lord constantly. In fact, we can go so far as to say that the truly humble, aware person feels and experiences joy deep inside precisely because they know it's gift. They didn't manufacture it. They didn't invent it. They didn't chase after it. They opened the arms of their soul and received it. And finally, Appropriately, finally, in our gospel, John the Baptist, the second and last of the two great Sundays of Advent when we will see him prominently featured. 
What is the motivation for joy as far as John the Baptist is concerned? Surrender. I am not the one. I'm not the Messiah. I am not the prophet. I'm not worthy of the one who is coming, but I do have the opportunity to announce him and proclaim him. Later on in that same passage, John said, I'm just like the friend of the bridegroom who gets to stand there and rejoice with the bridegroom who is getting married every bit as much as if I were myself getting married, simply because I surrender to the one who should be center stage. I'm a witness, I'm a friend, but that gives me joy. It kind of takes us back to that whole thing of joy being what happens when you give away rather than when you try to grab. So hopefully some of those thoughts will assist us to recognize that true joy is possible even in the midst of all kinds of struggles and that we will allow the joy of the Lord to truly fill us and to enable us to be people who want nothing more than to share that, to give it away, and to know that there's much more where it came from. May your hearts in these remaining weeks of Advent, no matter what our circumstances are, be filled with a joy in Jesus, Savior, Messiah, Lord, friend, a joy that no one can take from you. We hope that our podcasts have been inspiring. And now, our pastor, Father Martin, offers a few closing words. Thank you for joining us. I offer a special greeting to members of our parish family unable, by sickness or other reason, to worship with us in person, and to anyone visiting our parish via these podcasts. Please share the readings and homilies with others by inviting them to our website, where they can find them all, day by day. To learn more about our parish community, please visit our website at holyrosaryburlington.com and be sure to share our site with family and friends. We do look forward to hearing from you, so please email us with your comments. And thank you for your prayers and support.